Hi there, my name is Pamela and I breed British Shorthair Cats in Perth, Western Australia. I've been breeding and exhibiting my cats since 2004 and I'm even a cat show judge. I'm passionate about the cat fancy and I want to share my knowledge and experiences with you so that you can enjoy your hobby as much as I do. That's what the Cat Breeding for Beginners podcast is all about. In this series, I'm taking a moment to answer some of the most regular cat breeding questions I get asked every day. Hopefully the answers will help you too. I'm also covering some topics that are important to new cat breeders so that you can start out on the right foot. Some of the episodes are scripted and some of them are off the cuff. The audio is both good and bad. But the main thing is the information and I'm sharing it in whatever way I can with you in mind. Well, today I'm going to be answering a question again, which is really great because I love it when you guys ask me questions, especially when it's got a nice juicy answer to it that I can put in a podcast for everybody else. Today's question had a really quick answer though, but there's a little bit more to it. So I'm going to go into a bit more detail. The question was, it was about um, a new breeder who was in her, she was having her second litter of kittens and she was having a bit of trouble with worming them. And so she said to me, can I pick your brains about this? What is your worming schedule? And the answer, and this will make for a short podcast if I don't explain my answer, but the answer from me was, I don't worm them. And I can hear a lot of people, as soon as I said that, go, scandalous. She doesn't worm her cats. She doesn't worm her kittens. No, I actually don't. I don't have a worming schedule because I don't worm my cats and I don't worm my kittens. Now, Before you run off and think, oh no, Pamela says I shouldn't worm my cats and kittens anymore, I'm not going to do it. That is 100% not what I'm saying. So let me explain it a bit better for you and um, hopefully by the end of this podcast you can have a bit of a think about it and um, make some decisions based on what I'm about to tell you. But what I want to say up front is I am 100, 200, 300% not saying you shouldn't worm your cats. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying that my personal circumstances are that I make a certain choice and your personal circumstances are that you can make your own choices. Um, I'm not saying that a blanket, don't worm your cats because there are people that really, really, really need to worm their cats because of where they live and, and things like that. But let me explain that a bit more for you now. But I just want to say that up front so that I didn't, we didn't get off on the wrong foot. Okay, now worms cats can get a couple of different types of worms they can get tapeworms they can get round worms they can get hookworms they can get other worms as well but they're the main ones worms are funny things they have a life cycle and the life cycle that they have is really designed to get into a host um, get what they need out of that host and then spread themselves as far as they can to other hosts They can only survive if they can keep moving from host to host to host. And so that's what their whole life cycle is all about. It's really carefully designed to maximize that chance of them being passed on to another animal. So the worm's life cycle um, has certain things and certain timings, and those timings are going to affect whether or not your cats are going to get infected. One of the reasons, and this question was about worming kittens. So one of the biggest things that we need to know about worms is this. Worms can have, um, they can get into an animal, so they get into your cat, um, it has worms and it ends up with worm eggs. And the worm eggs can lay dormant in your cat for a very long time. They're just sitting there, biding their time, waiting for something to happen. And the thing that they're waiting for is when a cat gets pregnant, during the pregnancy, certain hormones um, are in the cat 
and those hormones will wake up those eggs. And those eggs will go, woohoo, we've got a chance to get into another animal. So let's, let's make our break for it. And those um, worm eggs, and the worms will end up in your kittens, basically. Now, worms in an adult cat is really bad. Worms in kittens is just really bad. It's really bad. They can do really um, a lot of damage to kittens, and it can be really horrendous for the kittens, and it can be horrendous for you to have to deal with as well. So it's really dangerous for them to get the worms. Um, but that's how it gets passed on. So they get activated during pregnancy and passed on to the kittens. So that's the reason why we worm kittens. And I don't know that this is often explained to people. I think they're just told you have to worm your kittens at this date and this date and this date. You have to use this product and that's it. There's just this expectation that, that it happens and it has to happen and there's no excuses and no reason not to. But that people don't understand why they're doing it. And the reason they're doing it is because of this activation and it being passed on from the mother to the kittens. And so that's why you have to do it um, over a period of time as well. You have to um, do it at the beginning so that it'll um, kill off any worms in the kittens, but it doesn't get it, or it only kills off what it kills off on that particular day. And so then you have to do it again because if there's any eggs that haven't been killed, they have to that come become worms and you have to kill them again. So you have this regime of timing where you have to do it. And that's the, the purpose of it. It's to um, kill the life cycle of the worm, basically. So from eggs to worms to eggs to worms, I don't know how. I'm, I'm not really going to go into much more detail about worm life cycles. It's all on Google if you want to look it up. But that's what happens. That's why we do kittens. So now, um, you know, that it's good to have an understanding of that rather than just I do it because I'm told to do it. So now you've got an understanding of it. Let's look at the different other things, other ways that cats can get worms. So tapeworms in particular, tapeworms can come from fleas. And what happens with tapeworms um, is that fleas will have the tapeworm larvae inside of them. And when cats are grooming, if a cat has a flea infestation, a cat will groom and it will consume some of those fleas as part of its grooming. It will eat them, basically. You can imagine that. You've seen your cats groom themselves before. So cats will ingest those fleas and those fleas have the larvae in them. And then once a cat's ingest them and it's in their digestive tract, then the worms will be in the cat, basically. And then they um, do their best to pass themselves on again. That's what they're designed to do. The next one is roundworms. And roundworms are about, they get spread through eggs that are in poop. Eggs in poop, yuck. So what happens there is that an animal will go to the toilet um, in the environment or they might have some of it on them. Um, they might have it on another, one cat might ingest it from another cat by grooming them. Um, it will be from if you have an outside cat and it goes and um, the neighbor's cats come into the area and it's got worms and it poops in the garden and your cat digs in the same place, it's going to pick up these eggs. So that's how um, they get roundworms. So they're, they're basically, the eggs are pooped out of the cat. The cat will, a cat or any other animal, they'll poop out the eggs. Um, the eggs will be in the environment and then they'll get picked up, ingested, and then the animal gets worms and then it poops out eggs. It's in, that's the cycle. Hookworms are another one again, and the eggs for hookworms actually um, don't hatch in the animal. They hatch on the ground. So they hatch on the ground. Um, so an animal walking around will um, pick them up on their feet, and as they groom themselves, they'll ingest them, and then they'll get worms. So that's how hookworms work. Um, you can also, well, your animals can also get eggs um, from their food. So if their food is infected with um, worm eggs, um, they can get them there. Um, that's why we freeze our cat meat. So when we get pet meat for our cats, um, in Australia, 
especially, I can't stress this enough. If you're feeding your cats brew meat, it has to be frozen and defrosted before you feed it to them because that will kill off the worm eggs. Um, what kangaroo is a wild caught meat. It's not like it's farmed. It's not um, from cows that have been treated you know, for worms, you know, cows and farming and that they get treated for things like that. They treated for parasites because they don't want them to be eaten by people. So kangaroos are not, they're just running around living their best life. And then they get, um, they get culled and turned into pet food and that pet food potentially has parasites in it. So we need to be really careful about kangaroo meat. It's a lot of people feed it and find it's a really good meat for their cats. But if you do, you must freeze it first. The other way that cats can get it is from eating rodents, eating mice, eating rats, um, eating birds, eating certain insects, just basically whatever they can catch. So especially again, if you've got an outside cat or if you've got a problem with those kinds of things, then you need to be aware of that as a way that they can catch worms. Now, those are some of the ways that they can get them. I'm sure there's hundreds of other ways as well, but those are the main ones and those are the main worms. Now, when I look at my own personal circumstances, and I've been breeding for nearly 20 years, and in that nearly 20 years, I've had fleas once in 20 years, um, and I have had worms zero times. I've never had, I've never had a cat with worms. I've never had um, any experience of that at all uh, in any of my breeding in, in this current location where we live, in our past um, home where we lived. Um, I don't think I've even had it with pet cats before I started breeding. So it's not something that's ever been in my cat population. I feed them a commercial diet. I feed them Royal Cannon. Um, so I feed a commercial diet and there's, you know, commercial diet obviously would have no chance of having any source of infection from that. I also feed them raw beef, but that has been frozen and it's um, frozen in the deep freeze before we use it. So that's that's pretty much safe as well because again it's beef it's not a wild caught um, animal so that's um, quite safe they also have no access to the outside so it doesn't matter whether other cats have pooped in the environment and we do live on a semi-rural block in in um, perth in australia and there's you know native wildlife around we have um, possums we have bandicoots and i've even seen a kangaroo in our yard once so there is possibly um stuff in the environment but our cats are not coming in contact with it because they're kept separate from that they're either in the house they're in the barn or they're in their outside pens um, we don't have any dogs so we don't have any problem with fleas um, and we don't have any risk of fleas through dogs because that can be a thing if you're a, a cat breeder and you have pet dogs maybe your cats are 100 percent inside your house and never go anywhere Maybe you don't even take them to shows. Maybe you don't take them anywhere at all. But if you take your cat, your sorry, your dog down the road for a walk and it comes in contact with other dogs and comes home with fleas, then your cats are at risk of getting fleas. And if they're at risk of getting fleas, then they're at risk of getting worms from the fleas. So we don't actually have any dogs. So that's another thing that we don't have. Um, and like I said, in the whole 20 years that I've been breeding, nearly 20 years that I've been breeding, we have no history of worms ever. Um, and another factor that's, a bit underrated I, I think about this is that we're not in an area that's wormy and what I mean by wormy is that um, some different places around the world different places around Australia your climate probably has a little bit to do with whether or not worms are successful in being um, able to infect your animals if you live in a drier area versus a more humid area, if you live in a cold climate versus a warm climate, there's probably different factors at play there. 
And I don't feel that we live in a very wormy area. I don't hear people around me. I don't hear other breeders saying, oh my God, I just can't get rid of the worm infection I have. Oh, I've had a kitten that's got worms. Oh, my kittens have got worms. You don't even really hear it much from rescue groups anymore. Um, so I think that probably has something to do with it as well. So all of those things combined um, are the reason that I choose to do what I choose. And the reason I choose to do that is because I've had a look at, um, you know, what's the, what's the risk? What is the chance of there being a problem with worms in my cats? What is the risk of there being an infection in, in my cats? And I actually feel that the risk of that infection is so low that, in, that what I would prefer to do is to treat any infection that my cats get rather than use prevention medication. So when you're worming them, you're worming them on a regular basis, you're hoping to prevent them. Um, it doesn't actually, it's a bit different to flea treatments where you put it on and it stays on the animal and it prevents them from getting a flea infection. Wormers generally work right there and then on the day. Um, they only do their job there and then on the day. There are some newer ones that actually do have a more preventative approach, but worming is about dealing with it there and then. And that's why you've got to do it on a regular basis. So I still see that as a prevention medication though. So I feel that the risk of my cats having a problem is so, so small that I would rather dose them if they had a problem than dose them when they don't to prevent them from having a problem. That's 100% my personal choice and that's based on my personal circumstances. And I have a history that's quite long and I can base it on that. I know my cats well. Um, I know when I have new cats come in um, that the situation could change. I'm also aware that situations can change when you take cats to shows. I'm aware of all of those different factors and I still come out thinking that the risk is lower than the need to do the prevention. So that's not me saying you should not do it. That's me saying that you should have a think about it and you get to choose. And that's an interesting thing. As new breeders, when you come along and start breeding, you get told you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. You need to do these things because that's the rules of the game. And it's not necessarily the rules of the game. It's, it's People are doing those things, yes, but you can have a think about whether those things do or don't apply to you. And even though you're a new breeder, you can still have your own free will. So you can listen to my advice and not take it. And you can listen to other people's advice and not take it. Um, as long as you are making an informed decision, as long as you've given things a lot of thought, then you can absolutely make your own choices about what you do and don't do with your cats. Um, you know, as long as your cats are being kept well and as long as you're doing it for the right reasons. Now, when you worm your kittens especially, it's a bit of a nightmare. It's pretty hard to get a pill into a kitten um, it's pretty hard to get a, a sticky liquid into a kitten. Um, it can be a big mess. It goes everywhere. You've got to make sure you've done all of them. You've got to do them one by one. You'll get scratched. You might get bitten. It can be pretty tricky. So um, you might say the reason I'm not doing it is because I want to avoid all of that. It can also be expensive. Wormers are not cheap, especially the really good ones. So that's also an added cost as well. And so some people might say, well, she's not doing it because she doesn't want to pay the money. It is neither of those two things because I can quite easily get them wormed when they go in for their vaccinations and when they go back for desexing. I don't have to actually do it. And I am quite happy to pay for it because I'm always happy to pay for stuff 
um, for my cats and especially with my kittens because I sell them for a pretty good amount of money and I think that that's a small amount of money in consideration for how much the people are paying for them. I don't do it because I don't like the amount of chemicals that go into them. And there's a few things, and I don't mean to sound like an anti-vaxxer because I'm 100% not that, but there are a few times when I find that um, maybe the companies that make the products, I'm not sure, are saying that you have to do something on, on a regular basis and it's not necessarily the case that you need to do that. And that's a lot of chemicals going into your animals. There's a lot of medication going into your animals. It's the same with flea treatments. My cats, you know, I'd rather treat them for fleas if they get fleas rather than put flea prevention on them all the time because that's a lot of chemicals. So that's really my thinking behind it. It's not to do with the money. It's not to do with the effort. It's probably to do with, it's, it is to do with the amount of chemicals that, that's going on them. And I don't want to use chemicals on them unless I have to. I will do it if I have to. 100% will do it if I have to. But if I don't have to, I'd prefer not to because I don't want them to have to be, you know, dosed up like that. And I don't even know, I mean, I don't have kids, so I don't actually know what the answer is to this question. But I'm pretty sure that, you know, kids are also have risk of getting worms. But I don't know that we're giving them drontal all the time. I don't know that we're doing that. Kids get lice. I don't know that we're putting spot on on the back of their necks. I know that we use things to, you know, certain shampoos and that to try and avoid it. But again, we don't want to put lots of chemicals on them. We don't want to medicate them with lots of chemicals. So I kind of have that philosophy about my cats. And that brings me to the next question. Do I tell the buyers of my kittens? Because there's this whole thing that your kittens will be vaccinated twice, which mine are, um, microchipped, desexed, and wormed. But mine are not wormed. Yes, I absolutely tell my owners that. I tell them that before they get the kittens. It's in part of the information that I send to them. And I tell them in detail when they're actually at my house picking up their kittens. I explain why. And I explain um, why I made the choices due to my circumstances. And then I talk to them about their circumstances. I talk to them about their pets, you know, um, any other pets, what sort of um, household the cat's going to. I find out all of those details. And then um, I let them, I tell them that they are free to decide for themselves. And I would have no problem with them worming them. In some circumstances, I've said to people, you do need to worm them. Um, in other circumstances, I've said that it's up to you whether you do or not. This is what I do, but you can choose to do whatever you do. And you can also be guided by your own vet. 100%. But I am absolutely upfront with people because I believe in being open and honest with the people that buy my kittens. It's, it's served me well in the past to be very open and to tell them what's going on. And people do appreciate that. I don't like to have um, secrets. You guys are hearing most of my secrets. So I don't have any secrets. Um, but that's the way I do things. So yes, I do tell the owners before they get their kittens and when they come to pick them up. And I have no problem with what they choose to do after that with the kittens because if they want to wear them, that's fine. I just prefer not to do it myself. So that's a bit of an explanation as to why I don't wear my cats and kittens. Now, like I said, I got 20 years of ne nearly 20 years of history of breeding. Um, I have also um, I've also got the um, information I'm getting from people around me. I'm not hearing other breeders say they have problems with it. In other states, I have heard people say, yes, we have to do it because we have a real problem with it. And that's um, in particular states with a very humid climate or states where they have, or people where they're living in a very, um, there's a lot of kangaroos in their environment. There's a lot of something in their environment that's the source of it. So they have something that's the vector that leads to it being in their cats. 
so I do know other people that do have problems with it. But in my area, the breeders I talk to day to day when I'm at cat shows or if I'm talking to my friends, I'm not hearing them say that to me that they're having problems with it in the area. So maybe we're just lucky that we're in an environment where it's pretty good that it's not really a big problem for us. Now that being said, tomorrow things could change. Tomorrow I could find out that all my cats have worms. And what would I do in that situation? Well, I'll just treat them. Because like I said, when you have worms, when you treat a cat with a wormer, all it does is it kills the worms that are there on that day. And then you have to do it again and again to break the cycle. The same as what you do with fleas. Because there is this life cycle and because the products that you're using on them don't work on every part of the life cycle, you have to do it on a regular basis to, to get rid of the problem. Would I be happy about that? No. Would it make a difference if... Um, I don't think I could make a difference doing it now just in case um, as opposed to doing it then if it happened. So I think how we catch it early, um, especially given that the main way that you find out your cats have got worms is because of what they're pooping out of themselves. Um, and I think I would find out from that um, based on their health, um, their litter tray, you know, and what's going on. I'm very much in tune with what my cats are doing um, and what's happening with them all. Um, so I think I would probably know about it really quickly before it got to be too bad and then I could definitely deal with it in the same way that you would you would deal with it no matter what. Uh, and I think that was, you know, like if it did change and then I might have to change my circumstances. If things changed and um, it became a regular thing, if the, um, I don't know, if my area became more wormy, <laughs> then I, I would deal with it then. I would go back to a worming um, schedule and then I'd be able to answer that question and say well my worming schedule is this I do this this and this but at the moment I can't answer that question because I don't have a worming schedule and that was really what I wanted to tell you about today I hope that was a useful podcast for you I think that there might be some people out there that are a bit shocked and a bit like oh but this is not something I've ever kept secret I've I've been doing this for a while and um it's not something that I keep secret from people. It's just something I'm doing that's different from what a lot of other people are doing. Um, um, I'm doing it for the... And I've got a reasons. I've got reasons for doing it that way. I can explain why I'm doing it. So, yeah, it is a bit shocking and it might be a bit, I don't know, com confronting for some people. We'll find out. I'm sure there'll be comments. I'd love to have your comments on this topic. Um, I'd love to hear your personal circumstances. Um, have you had problems with worms? Um, not you personally. <laughs> have your cats had problems with worms? What's your experience of it? I'd love to hear all about that. You can comment um, on this actual podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it. You can also go to my Facebook page and maybe comment there um there'll be you can go to my instagram and comment there and i would also love for you to join my website sign up for my email um, list on my website at www.catbreedingforbeginners.com because i have some more interesting stuff coming out and i also have started to send out updates giving you um, information that i've produced and and where to where to go to get all of that information so Hopefully that was helpful for you and that was my podcast on worms. Okay, bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Cat Breeding for Beginners podcast. Make sure you visit my website at catbreedingforbeginners.com for lots more information. You can sign up to my email list and stay tuned as my Cat Breeding 101 online course is coming soon.